Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Prosperity Millennial, where we take a look at success stories from true millennials who have taken their success and their dreams and made them reality. We're going to walk through what they've done, their tips, their techniques, and really look at how we can make those applicable into our own lives. We'll talk about making action plans to really transcend what a true millennial is thought about and how you too can take your success into your own hands. Let's work together. Let's really go after success. And if you're ready, sit back, relax, and let's talk about Prosperity Millennial. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only. It is expressly our opinions and are based on our best judgment, but no warranty is given. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. Financial advice should be taken as an opinion and for educational purposes. We make no warranties or guarantees. Please enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. My name is Matthew Brown, and I am your host here at Prosperity Millennial. And on today's episode, I am actually going to preview or review a sermon that I gave at my church, and I feel it is applicable with Prosperity Millennial. On today's episode, we're really going to talk about, we talked a little bit about why faith, and I said, you know, I'm unapologetically a Christian, and so basically in this sermon, we're talking about money, and we're talking about leaning on God, and we're talking about the book of James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, and James 5, verses 1 through 6. And so on today's episode, we're going to dig in and we're basically going to, I'm just going to preview or review. Um, If you're somebody who attends my church and listens to the podcast as well, you've probably already heard it. But um, if you're somebody that hasn't, you haven't. So it'll be basically a preview for you and a review for someone else. But, so let's just dive right in. So let's first read James 4, verses 13 through 17, and then we'll dig into basically what God has for us in those verses. So in verse, starting in verse 13, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Now, we're going to break down these verses. And so looking at James 4, verse 14, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is 
your life. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. See, life is like a vapor or mist. We're here one minute and gone the next. And in Psalm 78, verse 39, we're called a passing breeze. He remembered that they were but flesh and a passing breeze that does not return, as Psalm 78, verse 39 says. And in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24, we're called like withering grass. And see, all people are like grass, and all the glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. All this is to say that life is very short. James is warning us here how short life is. I picture our life like a drop in the ocean compared to eternity. See, in James 4, verses 14 and 15, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live to do this or that. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, but we want our lives to be what we want them to be. How often are we running ahead of God and then we ask him to bless us where we are? I picture God standing up in heaven's arms crossed, looking down at us going, I didn't tell you to go there and you want me to bless you there? See, God's not in a hurry. We are. The fruits of the spirit, I don't remember including speed. I do remember patience being one. How about peace being another? And oh yeah, self control. That's right. See, God has a plan for our life, and James is warning us here that we do not need to worry for tomorrow because tomorrow may not come. See, Proverbs 19, verse 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God has a purpose and a plan for our lives, and James is warning that we don't need to be in the way of it. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God's will is above ours. His ways are above ours, and we're okay to plan our lives, but we must do it with God. In Proverbs 16, verse 9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I want to be clear, we're okay to plan. See, Prosperity Millennial is about planning for our lives and about living the most prosperous life, but it's our heart posture that we need to be lockstep with God. God should be guiding our steps and our plans in humility as we should not boast as James has warned. See, as James has said, we should be seeking the Lord's will, not our own. As following verse 16 comes the stark warning for us. See, James 4, 16 and 17, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. See, boasting in arrogance is evil. We should be boasting about our plans for our life when we're not even promised the next breath. Why would we? We don't even know that we're going to take the next breath. God hasn't given that to us yet. He hasn't given us two breaths from now. 
and yet we're over here boasting about tomorrow. No, you don't know. Tomorrow isn't promised. And then verse 17, you mean to tell me that it is sin to not do what God asks me to do? That, my friends, is a yes. See, we have sins of commission and omission. And you're probably like, commission and omission? Bro, you speak in French. No. See, commission is committed sins like lying, stealing, murder. These sins are universal and sins we both can commit. Omission is a sin for not doing. These are things the Lord may ask you specifically and you fail to do it. God doesn't call us all the same. However, you know God has called you to do it and don't do it. It's sin. See, God asks you to do not something nice for your boss, you know, to show them the love of God. And your response, oh, your response is like, oh, there are things I'd like to give my boss, insert sarcasm. You're reminded to love our neighbor. The Spirit reminds you, and not doing what the Spirit moves you to do is sin. See, these, these are the things, these are stark warnings from James about our lives. Now, we're going to switch gears, and I'm going to look at James 5, verses 1 through 6, because that's directly about money. And, you know, when we talk about prosperity millennial, we, we talk a lot about business and money. See, money isn't evil greed, and the love of money is. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in in these next verses. See, I, I'm a person that, you know, it is, it is one of those things where with business and money, it's in lockstep, right? I mean, a business is in business to make money, but it's the love of money and greed that's evil. So it's your heart posture about it, right? Money is a tool, but if you love money and worship money, it's evil. So now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth is rotted. Moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You've hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the days of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. See, this is more of a warning God is speaking through James, condemning the wealthy, not universally, but particularly. He's condemning the wealthy who rely on their wealth instead of relying on God. People who put their security in their money instead of in God. People who value material over the spiritual. And lastly, he calls out those who use their money to mistreat and oppress others. See, in verse 4, calling out those who are greedy and not generous and oppressing their employees. See, I want to be clear here that the Lord is not saying that those who have been blessed in their finances are doomed. It's calling out those who worship their money rather than God to lord over others and oppress them. See, we are reminded in Deuteronomy 8, verses 17 and 18, you may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, 
and so conforms, confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. God is who gives us the ability to produce wealth. It's by him and through him that we have the ability, but it's James warning that wealth presents itself an obstacle. Matthew 19 verses 23 and 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is more easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Riches do present a significant obstacle to get into heaven. The Lord warns the disciples of this very thing in Matthew, as we just read, having so much can present a lack of need to rely on God. It creates in us a self-sufficiency rather than still leaning on God. See, in 1 Timothy, verses, or 1 Timothy 6, verse 10, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from their faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. See, the harsh warning that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money itself is not evil. Our love of it is. Luke 12, verse 15, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possession. Greed and abundance of possessions we must be on guard against because, again, we will lack the need to be reliant on God. Proverbs 30, verse 8 and nine, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Keep, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may have become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of God. The writer of Proverbs must have understood that both ends create a challenge, whether to be wealthy or impoverished here, point point here is to be dependent on the Lord. Whether you have much or literal, we should be dependent on him always and in everything. See, that writer must have understood. They, they had to have understood that both ends create a challenge. And so, as we can see here, money isn't the problem. It's our love or our idolization of it. Because there's good with wealth and there's evil with wealth. And so that's the biggest thing I want you to understand. Obviously, from a church perspective, you know, there's a lot of good that can be done with wealth and money. You can reach the lost more easily. You can do more outreach. You can do other things. Obviously, wealth creates the ability and money creates the ability to move resources. But so also is the want or eagerness for it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, I'm going to share a little bit about um, a testimony here. So this is a couple of years ago, and at our church we had a gentleman, and he's been on the podcast. His name was Jamie Paul, and I think I've shared it maybe in the other episode, but I'm going to share it fully here. Jamie came to our church, and he spoke about generosity and being generous with our money. And with that, it was really his sermon that he gave was tipping to tithing. 
And back then I was basically a tipper, right? I only gave what, what I felt. I wasn't giving what God's called me to give. I was giving enough to basically cover the cost of attendance, if you want to, if you want to call it that, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it was, it was shocking how little I was giving the church is less than 1% of my, of my overall net pay. So it was, it was just disgusting. And anyway, in doing so, I had this just unmistakably completely false thought process in my head because I thought then I could do it better than God with my, with regards to my money. I quite frankly was in in the world of financial. Um, you know, I come from, as, as many of you listeners know, I have a master's degree in business. You know, I've, I own my own company now. Back then I didn't, but you know, I've been in the financial world, was an investment advisor at one point, did all these things. And at that time, you know, that, that becomes your, your thought process is you can do it better than God. And in reality, you, you just can't, you know, God is God, God created everything. So how, what is this thought that I can do it better than him? I can't, I can't, and I shouldn't, you know, and, and we talk about being in lockstep with him in this, in this, this, sermon that I just previewed to you guys and reviewed with you guys. Um, but at that time, you know, I had this thought that I can do it better than him. I literally told uh, the pastor that we had at the time that I could, you know, that my thought was, is I could do it better than him when I was completely, completely just mistaken. Anyway, ended up moving forward and God used Jamie Paul to punch me in the face and teach me a lesson about, you know, that you know, I'm called to do something like tithe to the church, I should do it. And so my wife and I had a conversation and Adrian wasn't against tithing to the church. She, she just, she never, she's not involved in the finances really. So she just was kind of like, yeah, you know, do whatever, do whatever. I'm, I, I, I'm on board with it. You know, we should. Right. And so I, I wrote that first check and let me tell you, it's painful right? You're, you're, you fought against God for so long and suddenly you're, you're being obedient, but it's still like painful. It's painful to take that first step because your flesh is fighting you. Your flesh doesn't want you to do that. Man, you're like, oh, this is like ripping off a bandaid, except the bandaid's your whole body, you know? So anyway, write that first check. And since then, obviously we've been faithful tithers to the church, but it's, it's in that, that learning process, right? Being obedient and understanding that there might've been a little bit of me in my flesh that felt tied to the money rather than tied to God. And that's the part of, you know, Jamie with his uh, generosity and, and what he his whole message that he goes out and, and, and goes after the world about is being generous. You know, we're called to be generous. And in generosity, generosity and greed are not are, are polar opposites, right? 
Generosity and greed is literally opposite. So being generous and being greed and, and having greed in your life, literally, it's not that you can't, right? They're, they're polar opposites. And I think for me in understanding and getting a deeper understanding of the gospels and understanding of God's word, that's what you learn, right? And so anyway, I was relying on me and I thought I could do it better than God. And I literally said that, right? And, but boy, was I wrong. Because God does math, and when we're obedient, God proves faithful always. And we were able to step out in faith and give to the church, and God, through his just how he is, provided. We never once, our, our livelihood, our way of life didn't change. Honestly, through that obedience, I believe God opened the doors because over the next six months, both of me and my wife both saw, I saw two promotions at work and she saw one. And at the end of it, we were making more money than we'd ever made in our whole lives. And we were still faithfully able to give to the church and then even give more. And that's why I'm trying to tell you guys is like, you know, I can't through this prosperity millennial podcast not not talk about my faith, not talk about other things in my life that have shaped and formed me into the ability to understand both success and prosperity, but also understand God. Because through God am I able to be successful and prosperous, right? Because in him you know, there, there's, there's obedience with him. And then there's, you know, the, these hands, these hands don't create without God, these hands are useless. You know, God gives us the ability to produce wealth, right? Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18. And what I said you may say to yourself, my power and strength are of my hands have produced the wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, right? This is him, him, not, not me. I've been able to create the life I've wanted and plan for my life, but it's through his, him in lockstep with me, am I able to be where I am? And it's that heart posture and so that's the biggest thing I wanted to to leave um, you all with was, you know, generosity and greed are not the same thing. They're polar opposites. And in that, you, your wealth is not, money is not evil. It's the eagerness. It's the drive to get it. It's the, it's the idolization of it that's evil, not itself. It's okay for us to create a life where through our life we produce wealth, but it's because of God we do. And so that's the understanding I want us to have. That's really the big teaching I wanted to get across, at least on the prosperity millennial. I'm sure the message I give at church will be a little bit different, um, but in the one that for prosperity millennial, this, this message felt like it really resonates with what we talk about here, which is success, prosperity, wealth, creation, money, but understanding of money, right? Understanding what money is, understanding what money does and understanding that money is not evil, 
even though people will say, well, money's evil. Money's not evil. People are evil. And people's eagerness for money and people's heart posture towards money can be evil. And people's use of money can be evil. As James warns, money is not evil. So that's all I have for us today. I thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. I thank you all so much for just everything. Um, This podcast wouldn't be what it is. Wouldn't be anything without um, you wonderful people that listen and uh, give me the opportunity to just share my heart, um, share my, um, just my, my, my brain with you <laughs> as far as, you know, my thoughts around prosperity, success, business, money, God, all the things, um, all the things of my life. So until next time, stay prosperous, go after success, and in all things, put God first. Thank you.